Hey, and welcome to the Healthier You podcast. This is the number one place to be if you are a female leader looking to massively up-level your health. My name is Sarah Elizabeth and I'm your host. I'm a women's health coach with a mission to guide you into becoming the CEO of your health and your life. So each week we'll delve into topics to help you optimize your health, whether that be hormones, gut health, mindset, nutrition, personal growth, and so much more. I am so, so excited that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Healthier You. I hope that you are all having a beautiful day. It is absolutely gorgeous here today in the Peak District. The sky is blue. It was snowing yesterday and the snow is very much still here so it just looks perfectly crisp and white and just gorgeous and it's sunny but cold. It's just my favorite kind of day today. So I am having the most nourishing morning so far. I actually went for a private yoga session this morning, which is the first time I've ever done like booked a private session. But, and I don't know if I mentioned this on my podcast last week where I went through my intentions. I think they were more kind of business related. But one of the things that I really wanna work on this year is having stress relieving practices that actually feel really good. I think it's so easy when you have, you know, lowering stress on your to-do list. It's so easy to make it another thing to do. And if your perception of the thing is still stressful, if you've got a bunch of stress lowering activities on your to-do list, but it just feels like, oh my gosh, another thing that I need to do, then that's not lowering your stress, right? And so one of the things that I really wanted to tap into this year is more kind of like low intensity movement, yoga, diaphragmatic breathing, increasing flexibility at the same time and just feeling a little bit looser in my body and not being so tight and hunched up, which is something that I'm very prone to being. And so I've been leaning into a lot of yoga and stretching and breathing and all of the things recently and it's felt so, so nice. I definitely have the tendency and this is going to fit in really, really well with this podcast episode because we're talking all things stress and how to know if you're running on stress hormone and the reason that I speak about this stuff with such conviction, like I know, <laughs> is not only because obviously I've studied this and I'm a qualified health coach and I've done all the, you know, all the do's, but also because I've experienced it myself and it's something that I very much resonate with when I look at you know are you someone who's living on stress hormone and what does that even look like so I'm excited to delve into that with you today but yeah I've been really leaning into more slower types of movement and I'm still doing my weight training really consistently but um, maybe I'm only doing that three times a week ish and then I'm really really spending time every single night just even if it's 10 minutes just a little bit of a stretch I get on my mat I just breathe and I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm very much trying to start a new trend at the moment because I have been calling this evening routine of mine a no cortisol evening routine. And another thing that I've been doing is just leaving my phone in my office on charge. So I a certain point in the evening once I finish my final client call and do my final social media check in terms of comments and messages and emails and all of the things I then literally put my phone on charge I put it in my office leave it here and I have my evening and it feels so great to do that without my phone and yeah it's been really really good it's going well I mean we're still early stages but it's something that I'm really really enjoying so if you fancy a little no cortisol evening I'm sure we will delve into this in a little bit more detail as the episode goes on because I think this is such a 
really helpful way of controlling what you can control and not worrying about what you can't. I can't control the fact that I've got to be on social media day to day to do my work. And I actually love it for that as well. I can't control that I have to do a lot of studying to keep up with what's going on in my industry and to constantly be learning and growing. I want to keep up with my friends. I want to keep up with my relationships. I want to keep up with my work. But what I can control is the mindless scrolling scrolling in the evening and not being so intentional with my evening time. And so that's where I'm focusing my energy and it feels really, really good. But more on that later, because today we are going to be talking about how you can start to recognize if you are running on stress hormone and what that actually looks like, right? And I think the first thing that I want to mention here is the fact that actually it sometimes feels really, really good to be living on stress hormone. It is not something that always feels awful or always feels really bad. I think a lot of people have the impression, well, I feel really good, so it can't be a problem. It can't be that bad if it's, you know, if it's not disrupting me, if I'm not getting any symptoms. And oftentimes this is kind of like, A, we're blissfully unaware of like what's actually going on because we're running on adrenaline. We're going to go through that in a little bit more detail in a second. And B, Living on adrenaline and living on stress hormone feels really, really good until it doesn't anymore. And it's very much one of those things where you could feel absolutely incredible and all of a sudden you feel like you're dropping and you experience all of these symptoms, all of these things come up, you start feeling really burnt out, really tired, and it's like you feel great until you don't. It's not like this declining you know, gradually experiencing all of these symptoms and everything else. Sometimes it can be a big smack in the face, right? And that's very much what I experienced myself. So I am thinking back to when I used to work in sales and I was just on all the time. I was doing tens of thousands of steps a day because I insisted on walking to work and back to get more movement in, which is great, right? We want to be moving. We want to be staying as active as we can. But, you know, there's a there's a line when you're under the amount of stress that I was under. And I would go into work. I'd be on a sales floor all day where it was very high energy. It's very competitive. It's very stress-inducing. There's a lot of, I'm not hitting target this month. And that could mean that my job is on the line. And there was that every single week, day, month, that, that kind of pressure on your shoulders all the time. It was a very masculine environment. There was, you know, not many females actually on the sales floor. And I'm (laughs) not even surprised as to why at this point, I feel like they maybe all burn out. Um, And, you know, there was just a lot going on in my life at the time. I also had a side hustle because I really was interested in health. So I was selling um, health coaching programs with protein shakes and things like that. And I just really, really enjoyed that. But it meant that I was working my eight till six and then going home and working my six till nine and then in between that I'd be squeezing in you know uh spin classes hit classes even like on day one of my period when I felt absolutely awful because my period was so bad back then and surprise surprise right and I would still force myself to go to gym classes convincing myself that I just wasn't doing enough exercise like anything I was doing it was not enough the money that I was earning in my work wasn't enough I had to have a side hustle you know the exercise that I was doing on a day-to-day basis it wasn't enough and there was just constantly 
me target after target after target. And, you know, I do have that tendency of being quite a masculine, you know, in that masculine kind of headspace where it's like, I love to get shit done basically. And that's a good thing, but you have to learn where the yin and yang is and where you've got to rein yourself back so that you don't burn out, especially when we're looking at cycles and how hormones work as women. It's really, really important to find not balance, but find, um, contrast find contrast that's a good word find some contrast in what it is that you're doing if you're someone who is super super stressed out super um on high alert all the time you've got a job that is quite stressful quite stress inducing then maybe the last thing you need is hit and spin classes and all of these things whereas maybe when you are sedentary and you have a pretty slow life and you know you're quite low in energy maybe that's when you know especially in your kind of uh spring phase of your cycle and your summer phase of your cycle that's when you want to kind of ramp things up a bit and you know get a sweat on you know whatever else um that feels like for you but you've really got to listen to your own body here but i think it's really important to mention that during this time of my life when i was on a sales floor, doing all of these things, hitting all of these targets, constantly pushing myself. I felt really good until I didn't. I felt really good. I felt like I was bossing at life. And although my job <laughs> very much made me miserable, um, I did feel like I was, you know, I was doing life right. And I felt like sometimes the adrenaline and my clients will laugh because they will tell you that I call this the Devil Wears Prada stress, right? Because we all know the girls on Devil Wears Prada that are living on two almonds, hounding down coffee all day long and doing their job. But because it's trendy, they kind of feel cool about it. And eventually they burn out, right? And that was very much the case for me. I felt really, really good until I didn't anymore. And that's when I was met with a bunch of symptoms. So these symptoms were things like, one of the things that I noticed the most actually was just feeling freezing all of the time. And that's because when you have an increase, a prolonged kind of increase in stress hormone, this can really impact your thyroid function and your thyroid is the thermometer of your entire body. And so if you are um, kind of uh, disrupting that, then you can feel really, really cold. Um, My immunity was impacted massively. So I used to get sick all of the time. And again, that's another symptom. I was constantly sick. I was constantly picking up bugs from here, there and everywhere. I just felt like I had no protective barrier whatsoever. And I really struggled with my periods. And of course, my relationship with food has always been something that I struggled with, but very, very badly at that point where I would come home, I'd feel so depleted. I'd feel so tired. I'd feel so fatigued. I wasn't sleeping properly. And so I just wanted energy from food and really carb heavy. I was vegan at the time as well. So, you know, I wasn't eating like really protein rich satiating foods I was eating basically um you know bags and bags of crisps and you know I remember eating through a bunch of um uh, loaves of bread (laughs) um and this was you know very common practice for me to be like all on it and gym and movement and all of the things and then to be feel so depleted afterwards that I felt like I needed to binge to make up for the energy and then of course that would come with the guilt the shame and all of that stuff and so But, you know, initially it felt good until it didn't anymore. And so really, really evaluating what you are kind of feeling and is this potentially you running on adrenaline so that you can catch that early right and that's really 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 important so at some point you kind of getting away with living that way might run out (laughs) and you kind of hit rock bottom your immunity might tank you might feel like your digestion is completely out of whack again this is something that I really really noticed with 
my situation is that my digestion was awful. I was constantly bloated. I was constantly constipated and it was just, you know, I was a mess. I was really a mess. And then because I wasn't really self-aware or I wasn't really taking note of my symptoms or I was so busy beating myself up, I didn't even manage to sit down and check in with myself and ask like, how am I actually feeling? I was blissfully unaware a lot of the time until it really, really hit me and it was too late and I'd hit burnout. And so this is something to be really, really conscious of and really kind of check in with yourself and journal on this as well. Like what kind of symptoms am I experiencing right now? What's my workload like? And, you know, we talk a lot about emotional stressors, but physical stressors are as much of a stress, right? So we want to see this idea of stress as very much, yes, the emotional stuff. I find that with the emotional stuff, it's really, really difficult to control. So for example, if you have an argument in your relationship or whatever else, there's not really much that we can do. Of course, we can learn to communicate better, all of those different things. But a lot of the stress that we experience on a day-to-day basis, we can safely assume that's probably going to stay, right? I absolutely love my job. I absolutely love what I do with clients. I love making content. I love all of the aspects of what I do, but it still can be stressful at times. And I think it's really unrealistic to talk about completely eradicating the stress that you have in your life. Maybe that's not realistic for you and that's totally okay. So that emotional stresses, I'm not saying don't do anything about it. I'm saying, you know, to a certain extent that is always going to be there, but having a look at physical stresses, they are so easy to nip in the bud by eating well, by taking care of yourself, by trying to rest if you can if you're in an environment where and then if you're struggling and you feel like you're not in an environment where you can rest really rest really asking yourself is that true right are there times where I'm potentially scrolling where I could just be breathing or just letting myself relax you know I find that a lot of the things that we tend to do as humans to relax often backfire and they're even more stressful, right? And so really evaluating what you're doing in your kind of lifestyle, but also really thinking about how you can nourish up, nourish yourself properly and nourish yourself with the nutrients that you need so that you have the resiliency to stress and the prevention of burnout from a really physical level, right? It's very, very difficult to live through a stressful Um, day, if you're nutrient deficient, if you're struggling with all of these physical symptoms that you might be experiencing, your minerals are out of whack, you know, your hormones are out of balance, whatever else it is, it's very difficult to do that. And those are things that we can control. Those are things that we can um, you know, really speak to and, and and support on a very physical level, right? And things like eating enough is like very bare basic, but so many women are not even eating enough food to sustain the amount of work that they're expecting themselves to do, right? Especially the women that I work with that are very type A personality. They're also going to the gym quite a lot. They've also got a bunch of other expectations on themselves of of what they need to achieve and they don't give themselves a spare minute and then I look at what they're eating and it's like nowhere near enough nourishment and nowhere near enough of their macronutrients and micronutrients right and then again looking behind the scenes at their hair mineral testing I'm also seeing that they're either burning through minerals or they're so low on minerals that they just haven't replenished their tank and no wonder they then feel absolutely exhausted and actually it's really interesting right because we've got a couple of different stages of stress and you want it if you want to hear more about that the workshop that I am running on eating to create optimal health is for you and at the time that this airs it will be on it will be today basically so if you haven't had a chance to sign up to that yet sign up to it you will also get access to the replay and it will be on sale after as well um in terms of you'll you'll be able to buy it as an evergreen product um which is really exciting because it's going to be a really good introduction to the work that I do with my gorgeous clients on stress management on 
burnout prevention, on um, optimal health, on hormone balance and all of those things. So if you're listening to this episode and it's after it's aired, please do drop me a message and let me know and I can point you in the direction of where you can get that workshop. But it's really, really important to know how to fuel yourself properly to sustain the amount of stress that you might be dealing with on a day-to-day basis, right? In the same way that you would not drive your car without petrol in the tank, you wouldn't expect to get there. You cannot do that with yourself. And I find that a lot of women are kind of expecting themselves to behave like athletes, but they're not really putting the nutrition plan in place to support them in getting there. So really seeing yourself as this precious little gift that is like, like I've got big, big goals to fulfill. I've I've got precious work to do in this world. And in order to do that, I need to be well-nourished. And I think as female leaders, it's really, really important that we are really kind of leading from the front and being the best example of ourselves and our work and our management and our leadership right and we do that through taking care of our health. And so I want to point you in the direction of some of the Symptoms that you might be experiencing, if you are running on stress hormone, you're not going to relate to all of these, of course. There might be a few where you're like, wow, that's really something that's coming up for me. Or you may be like me, where you read through these or listen to these, and you're like, oh my goodness, I am literally tick, 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 all of these, like all of these apply to me. And so let's talk about it, right? Let's talk about it. So the first one really is immunity. This is something that I see all the time when people are getting constantly ill they have really low immunity they're constantly feeling poorly they're picking up bugs from here there and everywhere and they just have no resiliency to any kind of bacterias travel even makes them so sick like this is a real sign that you are living on stress hormone and that your body just physically cannot handle anymore it's so important when we look at immunity and of course if you get sick here and there it's actually quite healthy it's important to get sick every now and again you need to be exposing yourself to these new bacterias xyz so it is important to a certain extent but if you're someone who's like i'm always ill and that was very much me i always get sick i'm always sick oh my goodness i get tonsillitis all the time it was just this recurring thing like and i would kind of also consistently talk about how ill I always was and so it almost became a part of my personality that I'm always poorly oh don't come around me if you're sick so I'll definitely get it kind of mental like I just knew in my gut that this was something that was wrong with me um and moving on to gut health because that's another massive massive sign that you're running on stress hormone if you are feeling constantly bloated if you're constantly constipated and what I mean by constipated is that A, you're not going to the toilet maybe between one and three times a day, but also when you're going to the toilet, you're not feeling fully satisfied, right? So you're going to the toilet and you're like, I know there's more in there, but I just can't squeeze it out. And you can tell I'm speaking from experience, right? This was again, something that I really, I was always constipated. And you know, again, a lot of constipation comes from under eating, right? There's so many women who are just not eating enough to be able to push it through their system. And it's like, you need to eat to go to the toilet, right? And so again, this was so me where I was perpetuating this cycle because I was scared to eat anything and so I would eat the tiniest little thing and then I'd be bloated and constipated and all this stuff would come up and it kind of the 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 toughest thing about all of this is that when you go down a rabbit hole with it it causes you know it can almost be this kind of snowball effect where one symptom is making another worse and then it makes another worse and then it makes another worse and so you know all of these can kind of run into each other so constantly feeling um uh, bloated 
needing to run to the loo sometimes is another one so feeling like you're not absorbing any of the nutrients from your food because you're literally eating and then running to the loo and constantly dealing with symptoms right so always having these gastro symptoms maybe acid reflux maybe heartburny type symptoms just feeling really uncomfortable after food um, a lot of flatulence a lot of belching that kind of thing that again can be from running on stress hormone as well So the next one is like a lack of appetite, especially in the morning. I see this all the time and it's always the type A personalities, right? That are like, oh, I don't really feel hungry when I wake up in the morning. And I find that to be such a red flag when someone's not waking up hungry because your cortisol levels are at their highest. And we're going to go through this again in a lot more detail in the workshop because we're going to talk about where stress hormone actually comes from and how cortisol actually works and how to support that. But your cortisol levels are highest first thing in the morning and this is great because it is your body's way of motivating you to get up, to get moving, to get yourself out of bed, all of the different things. However, if you are someone who has gotten so used to living on cortisol, living on adrenaline, then it's you're you're likely not you're likely to be using that as fuel and you're likely not to be using food as fuel in that morning in in that morning and so you're almost like putting off your appetite but it really means that you're just living on stress and it's just not helpful at all um you know add on top of that a coffee which can be quite stress inducing for some people so you're adding to that cortisol spike first thing in the morning that's already happening anyway and it's just a recipe for disaster and you might feel okay on the day again sometimes you feel great when you're kind of on a cortisol high and adrenaline high but it's when it runs out it's like the longevity of that is not great so a lot of women who are intermittent fasting they maybe feel great for the first month or so and then eventually they start to burn out and feel really really tired and it's because they're expecting themselves to do so much on so little and I need to do another podcast episode on intermittent fasting actually because it's something that's spoken about so much and I know there's a lot of science about the benefits of intermittent fasting but one of the things that I've noticed in my own practice is there's a massive difference between what is on a scientific paper applicable and what the benefits are versus what actually happens in clinical practice, right? Those two things are completely different. So for example, when they're doing these studies on intermittent fasting, they're probably studying, let's be honest, men for a start, because so many studies are not actually still conducted on menstruating women. And so they're usually either men or postmenopausal women. So we don't have those hormonal fluctuations. We don't have those changes in cortisol levels throughout the month, depending on where they're at in their cycle. We don't have any of that included in a scientific study so a lot of these studies are actually missing out us and we are the people who are trying to make change and trying to support our health so it's completely unhelpful and then the second part of it is is that we don't know who is being studied and how long for right so this might be beneficial for a month for example and then what you know it's very difficult to find long-term studies on nutritional changes because not everybody is open to being studied for a lifetime of intermittent fasting diet change is very common people change their philosophy around food quite a lot there's just a lot of nuance and black and white and gray area versus black and white and so it's really important to understand that what is going on in a scientific study yes can be helpful information but doesn't necessarily mean to say that it's going to happen in practicality right and so this is something that I find in my clinical practice is that a lot of the women that I'm working with have very stressful jobs they potentially also have kids they are also you know trying to keep up with the day 
today stresses of life trying to balance relationships all the things their job is pretty high stress they've just got a lot on and so for me the you know the last helpful thing in the world would be also then to be skipping food and to be missing out meals another thing that I also find is that especially women who are really low in minerals and again we see this on the hair mineral testing where we look behind the scenes and their minerals are just so so low and it's because they're like skipping a meal right and so if you're skipping a meal that's a whole opportunity for you to get more nutrients in that you're not taking advantage of so learning how to eat smarter not how to work harder when it comes to your health is really really important and I really really don't recommend intermittent fasting for that reason especially if you are someone who is trying to really get consistent on your health journey because I think it's really important to you know to eat enough to have enough nutrients to be working towards you know uh, fueling yourself properly and all of that stuff as well but lacking in appetite or feeling you know not that hungry not that bothered by food is definitely a red flag especially depending on what it is that you're actually eating if you're you know if that is coupled with that you're not quite eating a lot then again we're we're you know in a place where we need to evaluate why that is so And it's also really interesting that the more clients that I work with on this when they wake up and they're not hungry in the morning, one of the things that I notice is as their hormone health starts to improve, they start to wake up with an appetite. And it's something that they always say to me is like, Sarah, I've woken up hungry. This is amazing. And it's like, this is a sign of a really great metabolism. This is a sign of good health. We want to be waking up hungry and ready for the day. So the next one is like burnout that you feel like you just cannot recover and no matter what you do and how much you rest, it's just never enough because you're in that much of a deficit with your energy. So really low energy and, you know, just feeling really run down all the time and it doesn't matter how much you rest, you're just like, it's just not there, right? There's no bounce back happening constantly craving or binging on certain foods especially in the afternoon this is another one that I see so much and again what I kind of experienced on my own kind of journey with working on my health and you know when I started to become really self-aware about all of this I realized actually my binging is really an overcompensation of the amount of stress that I, I was under the fact that I wasn't able to really process or deal with my emotions, the fact that I wasn't eating properly, the fact that I was probably deficient in nutrients, the fact that I was probably restricting so much and not eating anywhere near enough. And so that was another thing, right, that I was experiencing is like these insatiable cravings and constantly thinking about food, right? I was doing all of the research and all of my spare time about all the amazing healing foods and then I was doing everything but actually eating them because I was trying to avoid as much food as possible and then overcompensating accidentally by binging and overeating and this is why I always say to my clients you might have heard me say this before is that you know, the more you start eating on purpose, the less you're going to start eating by accident. Because a lot of this accidental reactive eating is really because we're not being intentional with eating enough and having the right nutrients. And sometimes we blame binge eating or we blame emotional eating when actually we're really just nutrient deficient. And I think that's part of the puzzle is really important to remember as well. And so if you're someone who is craving food all the time, constantly thinking about food, binging on certain foods, you know, this is a real sign that there's some stress hormone going on there and that this you know this is your body's way of being like I need more energy I need more fuel to overcompensate for this the next one is living on coffee like if you cannot imagine a day where you don't wake up and just immediately fuel yourself with coffee then there is an issue right if you need that for fuel 
then we've got an issue here. And again, going back to this idea that the fact that we have such high cortisol levels in the morning, we have to have really high cortisol levels in the morning because that's the thing that's supposed to give us the motivation, the fuel to get up and go. And I see this all the time as well with women that I work with where their cortisol levels have been so high for so long and the body very much works in this kind of supply and demand situation. So eventually when you have um, been on high, you know, high alert for such a long time, your cortisol levels are high for a really, really long time. Eventually what happens? Your body gets tired and it's, it cannot physically produce enough cortisol to sustain what it is that you're trying to achieve in a day. And so then we have really low cortisol levels, right? So we switch between this kind of like having really, really high cortisol for so long. And then we might experience low cortisol because your body's just been you know, is burnt out. And so this is when we can find ourselves really, really relying on coffee because we are not getting that cortisol spike in the morning to literally get us out of bed. And so that's really, really important to remember as well is that living on coffee and needing it first thing in the morning and there's needing it as a ritual that's slightly different. And I love a morning coffee as well, but it's always after breakfast and it is always later on in the morning. So it's never like as soon as I wake up. And so really playing with when you have your coffee and you'll experience such better better energy for it I promise you just give that a go and you will find it so much easier after some time and you get used to it and you end up feeling so much more energized afterwards so definitely recommend giving that one a go so the next one is feeling wired but tired so feeling like your head is going at like a thousand miles per hour and you are constantly thinking about things you're constantly thinking about what you if you're in business what you should be adding into your business what you should be doing this could be content this could be this I should do this with this client and just constantly kind of just being on a thousand miles an hour at all times and feeling almost like it's involuntary you're not asking for it it's just happening and you're just you've got a busy mind right a very busy busy mind that just does not stop even when you're trying to rest and resting doesn't count when your mind is going at a million miles an hour and you're a slave to that right again this is something that I very much kind of noticed in myself especially towards the back end of last year because I just love what I do so much it's very easy for me to be like oh I should research this topic and oh I should research this and these thoughts are constantly popping into your mind and it's as much as it's great that you're so excited about a certain topic it's also really really important to remind yourself that like you can't always be go 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 and always be taking in new information you absolutely have to let yourself have a little bit of a break another one that I so resonate with as well and I think I remember my first ever podcast episode actually I was like you know, I listen to podcasts on double speed and I want to start a podcast because I know that other people will be doing this and I can't listen to Instagram lives on double speed. So there we go. And (laughs) now I'm like, do not listen to things on double speed because you are literally training your brain to not be okay with a normal amount of information in a normal space of time. So obviously some people chat quite slowly so that's totally okay if you want to speed it up a little bit but when you're at the point of like literally speeding things up at like two points like speed it is and you're taking in that information and I remember I used to listen to podcast after podcast after podcast and it would all be on double speed I'm like how am I actually taking in any of this information but you're also training your brain to be thinking at such a quick rate it's just completely impossible so always having to have everything on double speed and not being able to listen at every to everything at a normal pace is another sign that you're living on stress hormone and relating to that is also always having to have background noise on so if you are someone who literally cannot sit in silence 
and you cannot just sit and not do it so eating is a really perfect example of this if you are someone who just almost finds it so triggering to eat by yourself with just no noise then again this can be a sign that you're so busy running go 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 all the time that when you do sit down and rest it feels a bit weird it feels like oh my gosh it's a little bit too quiet I can't handle like not having some form of stimulation right now it's almost you know, not being able to just breathe and relax and listen to just nothingness and be able to calm and relax your nervous system. You're so used to being in fight or flight that it almost becomes the norm. And I think this is the thing about living on stress hormone is that even if it doesn't feel good, it feels normal. It feels normal because you're in it and you've always got background music on so you don't even realize or you always manage to kind of fill that drive with talking to someone on the phone at the same time so you don't notice the time passing by or always manage to go for a walk but at the same time you're listening to a podcast and at the same time you're doing this and you're eating but you're also scrolling and so you don't ever really realize that you're in it because you're never being present with yourself and that is a massive sign that you're living on stress hormone and that you need to be constantly stimulated by something because it's not enough to just be right and this again I know this hearing this can sound quite triggering and quite like oh my gosh this is, feels like a lot of work start steady with it you don't have to you know go from being um you know constantly stimulated talking to everyone all the time being really sociable not wanting to spend any time with yourself to then being a complete recluse but it's how can you take those pockets of time in your day to really just let yourself breathe let yourself not have stimulation ask yourself how you're feeling how is your body feeling you know and these are all things that I have been working on very much so recently as well where you know when you are balancing doing a lot of things you might not have time to meditate or you might feel like you don't have time to meditate but you definitely have the time to do something that you're already doing a bit more mindfully and so this is about making it really achievable and doable and again if this is all really resonating with you you absolutely need to come to my workshop um, eating to create optimal health because this is where you are really going to learn to eat to support your stress levels to support what you're going through on a day-to-day basis to replenish um, those minerals because minerals are the first thing you will burn through when you are so stressed out and when you are on high alert and in fight or flight uh, minerals like magnesium is massive and really really important for hormone health but it's the first thing you'll burn through when you're under stress potassium is another one low potassium is not spoken about enough but it's something that I see so much in my practice so it's really important to eat to support yourself and to replenish what it is that you're missing out on when you are under stress and you've got a heavy workload and you are juggling all of the things. Another one is relaxing as well. I think that we tend to have a lot of hobbies that are helpful and we enjoy and are interesting and all of these things, but unfortunately oftentimes those hobbies are still related in some way shape or form to personal development or personal growth which is great but we also need at least one hobby or one thing that we do especially if you're going to lean into that no cortisol evening routine where you can slip into this like this is not to better myself this is just to enjoy the now this is just to feel so grateful now and that might be journaling to a certain extent but again still I I tend to find that that is another thing where you're thinking about what you want to accomplish or thinking about how you've grown or whatever else you need something that's like reading a book that's got nothing to do with personal growth could be a really really good one listening to music watching a chick flick watching something that's uplifting and positive and 
is going to really allow you to laugh and have fun and be a little bit more in the present. And so asking yourself, right, as you are listening to this, how many of your hobbies are personal growth related? And that's great. But have you got any hobbies that don't require you to think that literally just let you switch off? And can you lean into those? Can you um, allow yourself to do that? And when you're doing those, reminding yourself that thinking about all the stuff that you have to do or reminding yourself of your to-do list or whatever else doesn't count, right? You need to really, really let yourself relax with no guilt, with no shame, with no, I've got to do this and I've got to, you know, whatever else. It's really, really letting yourself relax that's going to make all the difference. Hormonal issues is another massive one and probably the one that was most prevalent for me in my life. I really, really struggled with my periods. I had all of the symptoms of horrendous hormone health. I had cystic acne all over my face. I really struggled with heavy and painful periods. I wouldn't even dream of leaving the house without painkillers because I just wouldn't be able to get out of bed without them, frankly, or have any period of time without them. So if they'd run out before I'd taken more, I would literally start to panic. And so period pains are a really big sign of living on stress hormone as well and your hormones being out of whack at the end of the day cortisol adrenaline these are hormones and so it does impact your hormone health in fact there's something called the pregnenolone steel so pregnenolone is basically this hormone that is like a parent hormone basically it allows other hormones to be made so other hormones are made from this kind of parent hormone now the pregnenolone steel basically means that when your body is under a lot of stress and it's dealing with a lot of active stress your body will choose to put that pregnenolone into supporting the stress rather than making the other hormones so if you are my client you've probably seen me kind of pull this up in some kind of graph or another where we can see that you know insulin and cortisol are right at the top as the tier one hormones the hormones that your body prioritizes the most and then underneath that we've got dhea and we've got pregnenolone and they're parent hormones. They give birth to your thyroid hormones, your estrogen, your progesterone, your melatonin, like all of these different things. And the theory is that when pregnenolone is needed for all of that stress production, because we're under stress so much, it then can't be allocated towards hormone production in the form of hormones that we actually need, like the progesterone, the estrogen, whatever else that we actually need, melatonin, all of those things. So this is where we can experience the side effects of that happening, right? So thyroid dysfunction, we can, you know, a slow metabolic type, feeling cold all the time, feeling sluggish, feeling like our uh, circulation isn't functioning properly and all of these things. But then also period problems, acne, like all of these issues around our skin, our nails, our hair, um, and then of course sleep disturbances as well so that comes from this kind of pregnenolone steel if you like um, and it can really lead to a bunch of hormonal symptoms so a lot of hormonal symptoms when you're looking at them yes the physical piece is really really important understanding how to eat to support that going on a specific protocol for it potentially getting some testing done but then also really leaning into um, you know that stress piece and how much is adrenaline and cortisol playing into that how much does that have to do with this whole picture right so I want to move on to a couple of things that we can do now that you can kind of identify is this me is this something that I might be working through and again if you really really resonate with this please 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 it will be the best 27 pounds you have ever spent if you 
are listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, this is so me. And you invest in the workshop because it's going to be so practical. It's going to give you all of the food, how to structure your plate, how to, what nutrients you actually need, herbs to explore, supplements to explore. Like it's going to be very, very practical. And we're going to go deep into the science as well of how this actually happens, how your body produces stress and all of that stuff as well. So it is very, very needed if you're in a place where you're like, oh my gosh, I really, really relate to lots of these. But I guess the first thing that I think would be really, really helpful to think about is making sure that you're A, eating enough, eating enough protein as well, thinking that your whole body is literally created from protein. So if you aren't eating the actual raw materials that you need to recover, and this is why, you know, bodybuilders, they eat protein after they've worked out. It's not because, you know, obviously it helps to build muscle, but it's basically rebuilding what's been broken. And if you're recovering from burnout or you're under a lot of stress, the same emphasis on needing that protein needs to happen, right? So recovery through eating enough of the right nutrients, having a really protein-rich diet that is, um, you know, full of quality nutrients that really, really supports you, supports your adrenal health, supports your hormone health, supports your digestion, adding as much variety to your plate as possible so that you're getting lots of different nutrients, macro and micro from lots of different types of foods and not really just focusing on having the same meals over and over again. If you're someone who's not eating at all and you're eating the same meals over and over again for now to get into the habit, fine, but very quickly move on into having a bit of variation into your diet and adding more if you can um, so that you are diversifying what's going into your system you absolutely need carbohydrates, right? This is another thing that I see so often amongst these female leaders who are go, go, go all the time, always kind of pushing themselves, always trying to hit targets, you know, PBs at the gym, this, that, the other, which is all great. But again, fueling yourself properly in order to be able to fulfill that is really, really important. And you need carbohydrates to do that. So yes, a carb to protein ratio has to be specific to you. It's something that I work on my clients with, but you do need carbohydrates for energy. And so making sure that you have those in your diet is really really helpful and especially if you're someone who's finding it difficult to focus and you're struggling with kind of cognition and your brain function and that kind of thing it's really a sign that like you need you need some more nourishment you need some more fuel and then ditching the intense workout routines as well gosh I remember way back when when I was working on that sales floor and then I would force myself to either go to a spin class but I was also doing that does anyone remember that Kayla I can't, I don't know how to um, pronounce her second name, but it was Kayla Itzneas or something like that. And she had this guide called the BBG guide. And oh my goodness, I used to cry before I did that workout. I literally used to cry before I did it because I was so like, I just hated it so much. It made me feel so crap. And I would sit and cry and then I would force myself to do it and then I would feel depleted for the rest of the day like hint hint if you're going to if you're working out and you don't feel rejuvenated afterwards it wasn't a good workout you know I hate this saying that's like no one ever regretted a workout I promise you there are plenty of workouts that I regretted because I felt so depleted afterwards and I literally used to cry before I did them and they never really made much of a difference because the anxiety that I had around it more often than not cause me to binge and overeat later on so like intense workouts unless you love them and you're they're in a phase of your cycle where you feel resilient to it don't force yourself into doing things like the jumping the burpees the you know the intense hit unless you're in a place where you're like a this is sustainable b this makes me feel really good and c i'm doing it in a phase of my life that i feel i'm resilient to 
things like not sleeping well is another one and no boundaries and that kind of self-carey type stuff that's really really important so making sure that your evening routine and I need to do a podcast on that because it's something that I've been getting a lot of questions about recently it's like how do I wake up feeling more energized and actually waking up feeling more energized starts in the evening it doesn't start um in the you know morning time there's nothing you can do in the morning to give yourself more energy in the morning if your nighttime routine is a shambles so we're gonna have a chat about that one of the, on one of the episodes coming up soon and so working on your boundaries working on all of those mindset pieces that we spoke about quite a lot on the podcast in previous episodes and really really eating to fuel yourself so I think this kind of wraps up the episode I really hope that you found it helpful and insightful and I really hope that you are feeling empowered that you can actually do something about this as well and and grateful that you're in a place where you've really recognized this and you've created that self-awareness so you know where you are because again without the self-awareness there's really not anything you can do so the fact that you're even conscious of it and working on it by listening to this episode is a really really good place to start and I promise you it feels so good on the other side when you are back in a state of like normality and you are not kind of in that push force energy all of the time and so I hope you've enjoyed this episode as always if you have please do screenshot share it on your stories let me know that you're listening but also please do if this has resonated with you in any way shape or form my workshop is going to be absolutely perfect for you there is going to be an opportunity to ask questions at the end um, and everything as well so if you still have the time to jump on live definitely do that but if you're listening to this a lot later than when it was released Um, check the show notes and you'll still be able to um, purchase the workshop as a standalone product so that you can go over everything and um, get all of those tangible practical tips and support to get you fueling yourself adequately in order to support your stress to prevent burnout so I hope this was helpful and I'm looking forward to catching you next week